Hello there, friends. Andrea with the Bangs here, and today on She Wonders Why, we will be talking about a very non-controversial and easy topic, that of the film Cuties that came out a couple weeks ago on Netflix. My guest today is Cassidy Poling. She's one of my friends from my Bridges of Meaning Discord group, and she's also a filmmaker. She has knowledge and understanding as to what exactly went into making this film, the thoughts behind it, the context that it was made in, and I had some questions just to shed some light on this particular film and wanted to discuss with someone who is an expert on these matters. Cuties is something I thought was one thing until I started reading a friend of mine live tweeting her experience of watching the film and it seemed different from what I initially thought. So I think it's important to know what you're dealing with, to look into the context, and you can still not end up watching it if you don't want to, but it seemed like people were sort of dismissing it as it must be evil because of the poster. And I wanted to investigate further. So I hope you enjoy this discussion. It sheds quite a bit of light on what was going on with this film. And please share your opinion on what you think. And if you are new, please remember to subscribe. You you tell me. That's fine. Okay. I, you can do first and last name. Okay. That's fine gives me credibility. Okay, okay. I'm a filmmaker. I've got a last name. Now that we've figured out how I'm introducing my next guest, here is my next guest, Cassidy Poling. Hello, Cassidy. Hello. Thanks for uh, having me on. Oh my gosh, you have mugs. Yeah, oh, mugs. Mug. No, girl, mug. it's mug. Like, <laughs> well, actually, I did, yeah. it does have one, a twin. My, my uh, YouTube mentor, Benjamin Boyce, was gifted one of these at Christmas by me but the, so there's two right. like there's I I do Twin need mugs. to get this it, it was like a, a maybe I'll get these made and a store made someday so this is like a goal someday when I when I feel, it's aspirational. feel like people want it enough so yeah <laughs> anyway yeah so um okay so we have been brought here today by a one of the most controversial things I've seen on Twitter, like since Trump got elected, <laughs> like maybe, wow. okay, so we're talking about cuties, guys. But first I need to talk to Cassidy about her credentials and why I chose her to speak to me about this. Um, yeah, so a little background, I'm a filmmaker. I got my degree in cinema. Sorry, one of my children. My... One of my children just walked in, and I just pointed at the door and, and snapped. They should know <laughs> I what that it. means. Um, <laughs> so I got my degree in cinema from San Francisco State University. So, as much as I talk very confidently about everything, it's the one thing I have like license to talk about with some authority. Right. So yes. and I will I give you very, that. Yes. Yes, I have a very expensive piece of paper that tells me I know something about this. Yes. So I'm believing it. Mm -hmm. So can you give I know this sounds sort of like but I know you have the expensive piece of paper, but like why do we listen to you over others? But it is helpful to give a bit more of a sort of 
substantial, not substantial, like a bit more of like a, a just an example that I can understand of what it is you learn in film school as opposed to just being a critic as a regular film goer. <laughs> I always make the joke. I'm like, I'm a glorified movie watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all I do is sit around and watch movies. But you do learn more than just that in film school. You learn about film theory. So different techniques of what makes what makes certain films more technically proficient than others. Mm-hmm what filmmakers do to evoke emotion in people. There's just different things that you learn as far as technique. Okay. And then you also learn about film history. Okay. So where it started, where is it gone? You see all of these movements and you're also not just watching film history from the U S mm. which is what a lot of people who are just general moviegoers mm-hmm. are going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also watching films from all over the world and learning about uh, the different styles and how they've adapted and mm, how and like context influenced others. Yeah. Yeah. And how those influence other styles of film. Okay. So, okay. so you learn a lot about the holistic picture of what, how we got what we have today. Okay. Okay. Can you hear that dog? Barking? Yes. He just sounds like he loves you. Oh. It makes me feel better about my kid run, coming in quick. Like he, my kids never come in and I was actually like, what are you, you know, mommy's recording. So it makes me feel better. It's not just just to me. not yeah. just you. I'm also like a terrible guest. No, <laughs> Worst I'm a etiquette. terrible host, and you're a terrible guest, and we put it together. So, with regards, let's get let's get down to it. Let's get. I'm actually okay. I'm gonna give what m- the sequence of events from my perspective on Twitter because it was very yeah. much on Twitter. So the mm-hmm. the promo. I'll probably throw up a picture of the promo if I can find it, which I probably can. Um, poster in the U.S. It was terrible. Like they chose the worst post. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. It, it was well, the girls I've in their seen... dance outfits doing like mm-hmm. poses that were provocative as eleven-year-olds. Yeah. It, it, it was the yeah. worst possible because we also people like didn't have any context so they were like oh this is this is a movie about these girls like you had no idea what what was going on so there was a huge backlash just over that and then they showed the promo picture for the paris one or not paris sorry for the french one and then it's like showed them as girls running down the street and it looked a lot more wholesome and and people were like oh okay okay we'll give it we'll give it that like at least in my space and then it came out and a lot of people saw it and were like, nah, still just like may as well just had have had the same reaction as I did to the, the the original provocative promo poster. I don't know what any good is from this thing. So I saw that. I saw some people live tweet it. Actually, the person who live tweeted it is um, one of my good friends on Twitter. Her name's Miss Fit Poise. And, um, and she did, a, she live tweeted it quite um, in order and in quite a bit of detail. And she's the reason why I actually was more interested in, in watching it because it was much more nuanced than I thought. So, so yeah, so it was just very much divided. Some people were, this is actually 
brings attention to problems in social media and pressure on girls, blah, blah, blah. And then others were like, sexualizing girls, sexualizing girls even more. It did the thing it said it was trying to teach us about, against or whatever. So that's that's the context I have come at it from. And I did watch it and whatever. But the, the, there's a, quite an impression on in the Twitter sphere on it, so. Right, and I'm not on Twitter. Okay. Um, I, I can't handle it. I, I can barely handle the social media I have now. Um, the only reason I have it is for business okay. stuff. But um, yeah, so I saw things on YouTube. Okay. And so when I first heard about it, I saw these, whatever, the screenshots of the videos from all of these conservative pundits. And honestly, I didn't want to watch them because I was kind of annoyed because it felt like this weird echo chamber thing going mm-hmm. on. And it started with the whole um, Nicki Minaj WAP song where everyone freaked out on like the conservative YouTube sphere about that. Every single person was talking about Uh it. And I was like, what is this echo chamber crap? Like, yeah, it's a provocative yeah yeah but why is everyone talking about it and then all of a sudden i see this thing with cuties and it's like more what's going on here i just don't even want to listen and there are people saying oh i forgot that to say that earlier people saying i won't watch it i will not mm. watch it like yeah people people in the i won't even give it a chance camp yeah right and so i didn't know what it was about i had no context all i saw was pieces from the poster Mm -hmm. from these like screenshots of these YouTube videos and looking at those pictures, it did look like some weird, like comedy dance drama with like little girls, like a bring it on for children. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's weird. And then, um, I was just on Netflix and I saw the cuties movie and for some reason I just scrolled over it and watched the trailer and when I watched the trailer, I think that was the first time I realized, okay, there's something bigger going mm-hmm. on here. Because what I would see on Facebook and stuff is like, cancel Netflix. They're like creating content that's like promoting pedophilia, cancel Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, something's off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't watch it. I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. And then I was on the Bridge of the Meeting Discord and there was people getting in arguments about that and someone posted an article about that. And when I read that article, there were certain things without even watching the film that made me go, Oh, okay. There's a lot more going on here. And like, we're treating this issue like it's black and white. And I'm pretty sure that it's very gray. So I have, I have watched the film now and we can kind of get into my personal thoughts about that later. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think before you can even talk about the film, you really do have to talk about the context and what's going on with it before we can mm-hmm. really have like a a discussion of what the debate should be and what the debate is and how to make that debate better. Okay, so can we, yes, yeah, so let's go into the context. For I will start with saying, because I was confused about it, it is not a documentary. I thought it was, and I can't remember if people said it was a documentary or if I made some assumptions. Um, So I don't want to blame people for my my thoughts about it in that, but it, I just thought it was a documentary, and it's not. It 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 is not. It's a film that was made purposefully, and I watched. There's a little bit of a. I think it's a six minute sort of um, explanation from the director. and it's a woman, 
who directed it. I think she wrote it as well because it's from her perspective. She's from where? Senegal. Senegal. Yes, she's from Senegal. So she grew up in that sort of two worlds space. And then she saw, actually saw a little um, dance troupe perform a very over-sexualized um, like performance. Routine. routine. Yeah, I'm like, what's the word? Routine. <laughs> yeah, and and then she found out they were 11, and she was like, what? They're 11? So it was a mix of her own background and then seeing this actually happen in real life and then putting it together um, into a realistic-looking... It looks documentary-ish. Um, right. So yeah. so yeah, yeah, please, yeah. So please go narrative, for it. So it's a narrative film. Mm-hmm. So it was written and cast, but it's in a realism. It's in the style of realism. And that all stems from Italian neorealism, which was a movement that started post-World War II. So, Wait, it didn't start um, with mockumentary with The Office? <laughs> it did not start with The Office. Okay. Sorry, we're not going back to what, 2008, <laughs> a little bit further. And Sorry, I just so, had to, I had to put that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so Italian realism. Italian, yeah. yeah, Italian neorealism was born out of post World War II Italy. Um, in America, there was a lot of this um, sensationalizing of filmmaking, and it was a sort of escapism culture. And first of all, the Italians did not have the resources to make those kind of films. Um, just because they didn't have the budgets they're you know, their, their cities are destroyed. Mm. They're just have very limited, uh, resources on what they can do. So part of that was born out of just their circumstances, but another part of it was to break away from this escapism theme that was going on in filmmaking and highlight realities mm. and put a light on issues that were happening in the day today and um, trying to get people to care about them. So a a lot of the styles and some of the characteristics of Italian neorealism films is they're shot in on location. So you're, you're, when you're watching those films, you're seeing the destruction Mm. in Italy that happened in the wars. And they usually hire non-professional actors who have experienced whatever scenario that they're living in real life. So Usually for that time, it was poor working class people. And um, there's a lot of stylistic choices in the way that they film it, where it's long takes, Mm. very realistic. They're not trying to sensationalize anything. Um, A lot of times there's uh, small moments that, you know, in a a regular film would be cut because, you know, it it doesn't get straight to the story, Mm. but it's part of pacing to create the sort of realistic feel. And the whole point of it is to reflect what's going on in the times and make a call to action to say, Hey, there's some injustice that's happening right in front of our faces and we're not doing anything about it. Okay. Oh, so that's even baked right into the style. Okay. Right. And so that's, that style influences the realism that we see in modern times. So there's, there's plenty of films. This is not the only film that plays in that style. Um, but a lot of them have those similar characteristics, mm. uh, a more modern, although it's not so modern anymore, but in, I think it was 1994, the film kids, uh, was released and 
that's one of the best examples of like a more modern uh, kind of like uh, Italian neorealistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that that's about sexuality too um, and, and children. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it, it's much worse than cuties. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one, but. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's, I, I don't necessarily recommending everybody go watch it. It's a very, um, very, there, there are parts of it that's very graphic okay. and it's very disturbing. It's one of the only films I've left with like literal pit in my stomach. Okay, then. I don't like, know. Okay. Was there a backlash against that one? on. You know, I don't know. Oh, okay. um, I, I, I should have looked that up. I, there probably was, um, but uh, I'm not no, sure. No, it's, but it's I watched it in film school, and it was, whew, it's a doozy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but so, so there is a pattern of that, and you can see that in in um, in filmmaking today. That style mm-hmm. is still really influential. Okay. Um, so it's not. That, that's part of what you're saying where it's like a lot of it felt sort of documentarian-ish mm-hmm. or very realistic. Mm-hmm. That's the point. It's shot to feel real. Make you feel, yeah. yeah, make you feel like you're entering this real world, yeah. which although they are fake characters, it's a, it's a fictional story. These stories are existing. Mm-hmm. This is actually happening in, in modern times with real people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it's trying to provoke in you. Okay. Um, the other thing that sort of made me kind of realize, oh, maybe there's something <laughs> going on a little bit more than this than people are admitting was when I heard that it was French. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I'm not, I don't watch a ton of French films, but the French films that I have seen, especially the modern French films, use a lot of very graphic imageries and sometimes almost subtle ways to really shock the audience and to make critiques about social issues. So Cachet would be a film um, that would be an example. That was a, it's like a thriller, Mm -hmm. but the point of it was to criticize some event that happened in French history and kind of critique the fact that they were ignoring it. Mm. And so they there are some very graphic scenes that come out of nowhere and you're just like, whoa, but it makes a very powerful statement on what the underlying point mm-hmm. is. And, and sometimes you even miss it. Oh. Like I had to learn about the history to even understand what was really going on because I don't know French history. Oh, that's interesting. I don't really know. So that, that film's very interesting where if you watched it without any background, you might not really understand what's going on. Right. But when you learn more about the history of it, you start to realize, oh, there's something a lot deeper here. We're so used to um, just going to the movies for entertainment and like, right. I had to do research before. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, how dare yeah, you? You know, yeah. like, how dare you make me look up things yeah, and understand exactly. different cultures. Um, but yeah, L would be another... French film, also a thriller, and that one actually has um, some critiques on, you know, hypersexualization, rape, different things that um, they do it in this. There, like, there are some of these images that are so graphic, but the way that they're doing, putting it together and cutting the film, has some really brilliant, like, they they say things about the way that we handle those issues that you could never really communicate outside of that okay. medium. And it's 
it's it really is very interesting but again it's very graphic and so i think for americans who aren't aren't necessarily seeing those graphic images in that context um it can be a little jarring a, a ruffle some yes. feathers okay. And you're not necessarily saying, so it's totally fine. And so since it's French, it's totally, no. yeah, just to be clear, this, this is just what it is. You're just stating what the background is. Yeah, I'm not making any judgments right. about it. That's just the fact of right. what it is. And so we need to understand that. And we need to understand that this woman is probably playing, well, she's definitely playing in this realm of Italian neorealism mm -hmm. using those techniques, you know, and in some ways, I completely understand that as a filmmaker, it makes mm -hmm. sense. You know, it's it's like you watch those high school movies where the the high schoolers are obviously like in mm -hmm. their twenties. This movie wouldn't work right, if you did right. that, right? Oh, oh yeah, it would be like, oh, they're just being a little bit provocative in their twenty, so right. That's what they choose to do. Yeah, yeah, but right. but the fact that's the point is that they're like they're eleven. Yeah, right, and she's using that technique in her social statement to say that. And the fact that she is French and whether it's good or not, their films are a little more risky. Okay. So they've got a different culture. So we should maybe go, unless there's more context. Okay. May, do you want to no. give a little quick synopsis of what the story is about? Because again, if I hadn't read uh, my friend's little play by play, I would have no idea what it's about. So, right. Because it just seems so, so like provocative. So. Yeah. So basically it follows, uh, this girl, Amy, she's 11 years old. She's from, uh, she, her parents are immigrants from Senegal. Senegal. Yeah. Or Senegal. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Senegal. Um, and yes, Muslim family and her mom is having to deal with the fact that her dad is bringing in a second wife. So there's this story there going on about her dealing with this idea of having this other woman come into their family and see her mom deal with the issues that come with that, while also having this parallel story of her trying to fit in and be accepted by the people at her school. And she tries to get in with this group of girls, they call themselves the cuties, and there are this group of girls who have this little dance troupe and they obviously dress uh, outside their age group. And, alter, um, alter tops are their thing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, inappropriate clothes for for the age group, and um, they do these dances that are a little bit provocative. So it's basically following this journey of her getting sucked into this world and seeing um, how the things that she's watching online and the people she's watching online are in a sense rewiring her brain to think and act in this way that is outside of what you would expect an 11 year old to act mm -hmm. like. And so, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. To and, and the more provocative, cause they don't think, this is the thing that really struck me is the, the dance moves that, she she has like stolen her cousin's phone so the other girls don't really have phones she's the one who has access then to youtube and to these music videos 
And right. the more provocative the moves, then she presents them to the other girls, the more they're excited about it and the more they're like, oh, come be part of our group even more because you brought the new moves. Right. And and to them, it's just new moves. It's not, I don't even think they think, oh, it's more provocative. I think they're like, oh, these are new moves we've never seen before. They don't even, the concept isn't even in their heads about what what is this communicating to the outside world? Right. I think they have no idea that that stuff is even really sexualized. Right. Right. It's, it's cool. It's things it's they're just seeing. It's cool. It's like, oh, we're cool. And also they don't want to be little girls. Like they get really, really upset. One of the girls actually gets kicked out of the group because she, she exposes one of the, turns on the, the, um, the webcam when they were talking to a boy who they were trying to make him think that they were older. And then the girl turned on the camera and they got mad. She's like, oh, he turned the camera on. So now he saw me and now you're out of the group. And it, and it's like, and now he thinks I'm a little girl. It's like, you are a little girl. Like it's so, and they, they yeah. it's so sad because it's like they're 11. Yeah. And, and sorry, you were saying. Yeah. It's very, you're watching it and it's very shocking. And I think what needs to be said and that what I don't think often what is being said when we're having this conversation is it's supposed to be, Okay. that's the point. You're supposed to be upset. You're supposed to be disturbed. This is not a glamorization. And where I think this is getting lost is people keep saying she's just creating content for pedophiles. Like she's supporting pedophiles which I think is a mischaracterization of what she's actually doing. She's trying to criticize the culture that makes it, makes content available that pedophiles and creeps all over the world can get their hands on. That's a very different, that's a very different thing than saying, Oh, she's just making a show that's glorifying this. And that's what's getting heard by some of these people and what's there, there's a disconnect in that conversation. So for the people who haven't watched it, this is not a glorification of this sort of behavior, this sort of uh, creation of media. It's the opposite. Now, of course, there is an argument to be had about the ethics of what we capture on film and what we put out, but that's a totally different conversation. And... <laughs> I have some reasons why I don't think that's the first conversation we should be having. Can about you explain? Okay, because I can imagine the arguments of well, these girls are being directed to do these things. They they are mm-hmm. eleven or twelve, like they are, and they are embodying these things on film. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a concern, and it's something that I think requires a lot of contemplation before going and doing those things. And when I look at the director and I look at the actions and steps she took to try to protect these girls, I do think she was, whether it was misguided or not, trying her best to protect them with such subject matter. Like there was psychologists on the set. They used... um, they use some Photoshop and, and different techniques to impose the, the faces on these girls so they didn't actually have to dance all of those moves like that. Okay. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're continued doing psychology and they talk with the parents and, 
you know, worked with them and tried to explain what was going on. So there was steps to take to show, okay, I understand what I'm doing. There's a seriousness. And again, I do think that there is an argument to say, well, what line do we cross as filmmakers to get to make a right. point? And I, I'm open to having that conversation. I think there is a conversation to be had. And was there things that she could have left out to make it less explicit and still get her point mm -hmm. across? That's definitely an argument mm -hmm. to be had. But I think where I'm frustrated is I'm fine to have that conversation, but I think you're ignoring the bigger point that if this movie hadn't happened, all of that stuff would still be mm -hmm. happening. And you, it's, it is happening and it's being celebrated mm -hmm. and you're like the people, a lot of the people who are against this film are participating that in other ways. Okay. Like toddlers and tiaras it, come to mind and like toddlers and tiaras dance yeah. moms. Look at all, like you can go on YouTube and see these dance channels where these tiny girls doing these very adult yeah. moves and we celebrate it. And the point of the film and why she took it so far is to shock people into saying, we are so desensitized by all of this, and this is what it's doing to our kids. Uh -huh. Of course, making that film is going to come at a cost. Okay. And there comes a point where we have to make that ethical consideration. Mm -hmm. But it is not as black and white as... You shouldn't have made this film. This was uh, inappropriate think... and it's pedophile fodder. Right. Yeah. Well, and... Um, <laughs> What I'm frustrated with is you have all of these people who are with all the best intentions saying boycott Netflix, they're creating pedophile content and advertising this to pedophiles. They're taking these clips out of context, putting them on the internet and sharing it all over the place. If you had just talked about the film in the way that it was, which is a criticism on the hypersexuality of children, mm -hmm. like and not taking the clips out of context in the outside of the frame that they were supposed to be seen in, it would not have as much traction as it does now. And you wouldn't, you're, you're advertising it for people. Maybe to I should take a that. look at it. Yeah. 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 Right. And you think, I think I'm, I get frustrated too. Cause it's like, you think you don't know anybody who's a pedophile. Um, they kind of operate in secret. You probably do, and you don't even know. And so you're 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 trying to do this thing that I think is, in some ways, well intended and even good to a, to a extent to try to get rid of this hypersexualization. But you're drawing people right to okay. it, and you're not really you're not really taking into account because you you send somebody to watch cuties you don't get anything that's super graphic until like 40 yeah. minutes in. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, if, if you hadn't overblown this and taken this out of context, you're making it easier to find the content. To that's the, content. the stuff that they're like, yeah, that's the one that the, the, the dance moves. That's what I was looking right. for. And you're, yeah. you're right. And you're losing, <laughs> sorry, my dog, the dog keeps working. You're, you're losing <laughs> the met stop. Sorry. It's endearing. You're losing. <laughs> you're losing the message of what it's really supposed well, to be. Well, it's doing. very uncomfortable at at parts. Like I actually remember being like I, like, watching through my my hands because I was just like, 
no, 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 why, no, no, you know, like it, and I actually am thinking about it in a perspective of this is supposed to be like this, like it's supposed uh -huh. to be uncomfortable, it's supposed to be telling us this is what we're doing. Do you remember the movie, um, Little Miss Sunshine? Yes. Oh, I, love that I, I loved it. I love it too. But her dance routine, do you remember it? It was extremely yeah. sexualized, like for the time, like, you know, whatever. Like she, she, no, she and, and that was the funny part. Her working on this right. routine with her grandpa. And like, I think that everyone was like, whoa, this is like, I think like I don't know if she got booed off the stage, but like, yeah, people didn't have a good reaction to it. But like, it was, I think it won awards. Like, there wasn't a backlash right. against that, and but but I guess that was only like one little bit in the entire film. But that was the same with cuties too. There wasn't not one little bit, but like you said, it's not really there till about forty minutes in, and it's almost the way. Oh, this is funny. It's it's funny, and she's like a little bit uh, on the chubbier end, so it's it's less sexualized because she definitely looks Enduring. like a little kid. Yeah. yeah, and but she's still doing those moves. Right. Well, and I think there's the context is so different too because she's this nerdy little with the glasses, kid and all doing all yeah. of these things. Yeah, yeah. And just to be be fair to Cuties, it did win awards. Oh, did it? It got in a lot of festivals. It won okay. awards. Yeah. So it, it's very beloved by the critics, and you know I can understand that. I watched the the movie, and I personally thought it was actually really beautiful. And like technically, mm. really well mm -hmm. done. Not to say that there isn't disturbing things yeah. about that, but I think I think we're being blinded here. I think we're not looking at this in the full context and being honest with ourselves that there's a lot of things that we watch that we give a pass to because we really mm -hmm. like it, you know. And it's not just children; it's children's content. Like Game of Thrones is a, a great example. There is, there is so much un, needless sexuality and nudity that very much is just porn. Right. <laughs> like, we can just call it what yeah. it is. But we give that a pass because the writing's really good and the acting's really good. But those women are still having to do all of those things and be subjected right. to that. And no, they're not children, but they're still people. It's true. The, and, it, and is, it is because it I was watched, children. Though. Like, I do think that is the difference because it was children. I, I do think they're... I do think that there is a difference, but I'll be honest, some of the things that I found the most shocking were the objectification of some of the women and the, the things that they showed these women doing. Oh, you mean like, like of the music videos? Gosh. Like in Cuties? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, some of that stuff was almost more revolting than what those kids were doing. Now, of course... I also thought what the kids were doing was revolting. But they don't know. But they don't know. Or is these women and these, um, or even the girls doing the other girls who are the older, like older teens or even young adults who are also participating in this dance contest. They're like but, in their late teens, early twenties, I'd say, from how they look. Although you know they could be sixteen. I don't know. But they look older for sure, and 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 know what they're doing, and they're still doing the moves. I guess. Right. So is that what you mean? Well, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think, I just watching those women do those things, and, and it's very degrading. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I think for me that was something very revealing as I'm watching the film, thinking, man, how glamorized do we make this hypersexualization of adult women? And we say, it's fine, they're consenting mm-hmm. adults. Yet we're putting that content out, and then other young women, 18, 19, their brains aren't still still aren't fully developed, and that's all of they've seen, and they think that's what I have to do mm-hmm. to operate in this world and get men to like me and all of these things. And it rewires our brain mm-hmm. and it gives content for these young girls to then watch. And then they repeat and they're so, their brains are so underdeveloped that they're so susceptible mm-hmm. to it all. Yet we're just blindly letting that happen. I, I think of all the times where I'm like, well, how many billboards are just like practically naked mm-hmm. women? And how many comedies talk about, you know, sleeping around and, and like men being really horrific mm-hmm. to women. And, you know, it's funny. Right. Like How I Met Your Mother. We've got Barney Stinson, who's like a misogynist and sleeping with everybody. But we give it a pass because Neil Patrick Harris. And he's gay, so it's not real. Yeah, yeah. so it's not real. <laughs> right. But that that sort of soft media rewires our brains much more effectively than any sort of other type of media, especially because we consume it without intentionality. Right, well, because with, with cuties, it, it is stark. It's like, whoa, whoa, what is this? It, it, and and right. it, it does make you, you pause and think. But, yeah, the other stuff when you're just watching it for funsies, you're not really have, you're not on. You're almost like off. Right. You're almost like, I just don't want to think. I just right. want to be entertained. Are you not entertained? I think I just did this. I did like, that same line in another. I'm doing that a lot. <laughs> well, and I think that's her point too, mm-hmm. right? Like she's pushing it to the edge to get people outside of their desensitized mm. minds. Because if it was just something more passive, we wouldn't be talking right, right now. Now, of course, there's repercussions to those things, and we need to talk about that. And like, I do think that there is ways we can look at that, but that's part of what we're doing. And I think for this artist, I would probably argue, without knowing her, she took those calculated risks because she thought that the benefits she would get from having that conversation and changing the way that media is being portrayed mm-hmm. outweighed the negative benefits of making right. it film. And, and we're talking about it right now. And that's the point. And, and I, if you watch it and you're still saying, no, it shouldn't have been made. That's even one conversation compared to, no, I won't watch it. Right. And I don't even think everybody has to watch it. I think knowing it in its context, and I I think there's still people that will say this shouldn't have been made. And that's a very complicated thing. I don't think it's a black and white. But isn't it kind of hard to discuss with someone who's like, I won't watch it? I mean, I think if you're going to want to have a discussion about it, at the very least, get a synopsis, get a play by play. If you don't want to watch those images, watch someone whose life yeah. did it, you know, and, and, and get, get the background. I think that's mm-hmm. helpful. Um, I don't think it's help. 
I personally am not a big fan of censorship. I don't think it's actually helpful. I mean, we tried it, right? Um, in the uh, in the early <laughs> stages of uh, U.S. film history, we had the Hayes Code or right, the Production yeah. Code, which limited what you could show on the screen, and very well intended, but it failed, and and it wasn't able to keep up. Mm. And there was a lot of things where it, it it got very tricky and weird. And should there be standards that filmmakers? hold themselves up to and think about these things. Absolutely. I think there's far too much um, just in, unintentionality in making of films as, as filmmakers that becomes dangerous. But I guess I'm not ready to sit and criticize a woman who is trying to stop that hypersexualization. I would rather talk about the things that are celebrated in our culture that are creating a false narrative on sexuality and putting really awful impressions to children mm -hmm. in the world. I mean, Dance Moms, I, I, I looked and I went on YouTube and I tried to look up some of those routines. There's stuff on there that they've done that is maybe not as bad, but pretty close. Mm. And that's celebrated. And how many of these moms who are saying, oh, let's cancel that, are tuning in to watch these children get screamed at and, you know, over-sexualized. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd rather have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. Where were you Where were you kicking and screaming when that was on? You weren't, because you didn't even you think, didn't about, think it. about it. Now that everybody... It's, the, it's just like, remember, with this, the Syrian refugee crisis, and no one cared until the image of the little boy who washed up on shore, who had died in a boating situation, boating accident on off the coast of Greece. And I remember being like, why does everyone care now? Like, I remember when the Christians were all being murdered, and that's why I heard about it. A bunch of ISIS was going after Christians first, and then it was like, well, not just Christians. But like, that, that's what I was hearing about in, like, my little right. Bible study circles. But lots, lots and lots of people were affected. But the right. greater media space didn't really care until an image showed up that was disturbing. And that's what this right. seems to be a, a version of. Well, yeah, and it definitely was disturbing. And I don't think, I think if you're going to make that film, and I don't know if I would make that mm -hmm. film. Like if I had that idea, I don't know if I would want to put my name and make that film and take those risks. But this mm -hmm. woman did, and that was her choice. Um, but if I were to make that film, you have to take it to that line. I mean, maybe there is a couple things that I could say, oh, maybe we could have, we could have edited that down and not shown so much of that, but to get the point across and, and really get people have a visceral response, you have to take it that far. Um, I had a point to say after that. Um, what the image? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I think part of what is a little bit irritating to me about this too, it does seem that there's a bit of virtue signaling going on from a group of people who seem to always complain about virtue signaling. <laughs> yep. And I, and it's like, 
virtue signaling is such a such a tricky thing because I think for most people who are doing it, they don't not really just trying to do it to look good. I think they want to stand up for what's right. And I think there's good mm -hmm. to that. But taken to the extreme in the social media culture, it creates the snowball where you're fighting for something and you're avidly angry against something that you don't even mm. understand. And so it's like, I, I understand being upset and like, yeah, I'm against child trafficking, child pornography, you know, hypersexualization. I'm mm -hmm. with you. But this conversation's not helping and just calling it porn is actually not helpful to a nuanced discussion mm. about this, right? And I know a lot of people don't want to have a nuanced discussion because they say, you know, it's it's wrong. There's no nuance to it. But I think before you can really convince anybody, especially someone who is maybe more on that liberal end, especially in the media, and think that it's okay, like we need to have a discussion of like, well, what is porn? Because obviously it's not as clear cut as we sometimes like to make it, right? Because it... it you could say, what is porn? Porn's nudity. Well, is it? <laughs> Not always. Right. And in that sense that sometimes you can have pornographic images, like soft pornography, that's actually not any naked women, but really hyper-sexualized, scantily clad mm. women that, you know, people get right. off to. And then you've got things like... Um, like Schindler's mm. List, there's nudity in oh, that. Yeah. That is not right, pornographic. Right. But but even then, we can have that argument of like the, the psychological damage that you have to have naked people. And I, I don't know if they had naked children in those scenes, but it's a it's a possibility yeah. that they had naked children yeah. in those scenes, like to to display the horrificness of what that mm. is. We're playing in the same ballpark now. It's a little different because context it is yeah. fighting. Right. We're fighting hypersexualization by sec hypersexualizing girls. Yeah. It is. Uh, that is the and thing. It's, it's like, no, no, this dicey. is. This is a commentary on why this is not good. And they're using the thing to show what is happening. Because we wouldn't right. get and that message my... if we, she didn't do that. I think I get what you're saying about if you do go there, you have to push it as far as you can so they can see. So they as an us, so we can see this is what's happening to this point. Right, yeah. Like if you didn't see that scene in the laundromat, that's the first moment where you really go, ugh. Where the, the girl's dancing, right? right? Is that what you, yeah. Yes, but like where it, it takes it from just this already sexualized dancing, but stuff that's kind of poppy and you would see normally. And then it, that, scene in the laundry room where it takes it to that next level and you go oh my gosh if you don't have that moment this film loses that message and that's the tricky part and so I mean there's a part of me that's with a lot of the people that are like yeah a lot of this is really mm -hmm. graphic but I can't I can't sit and fight with you and and say that fight against this film specifically because I have seen things online on Instagram, on YouTube, in movies that are much more horrific and it's celebrating mm -hmm. it. So let's start there. Mm -hmm. 
Like, let's start there. Like, let's talk about um, Michael Bay putting a 13-year-old Megan Fox in a tiny bikini under a waterfall. She was 13? In one of his films. She was oh, and 13. not Transformers, though. Was she, was it? Oh, not okay. Transformers. It was a previous film. I don't remember, I don't remember it, uh, the name of it at, at the top of my head. She was 13. But, like, let's, she was 13. Let's talk about that. That's No disgusting. wonder she doesn't like him And we're celebrating that. Now. Well, it's it's complicated. Hollywood is uh, interesting. Oh yeah, but like let's let's talk about that or like and I'm I'm with people with fighting against that in children, but I still think that we need to fight against that with with older Mm. people too. Because just because you turn eighteen doesn't mean that hypersexualizing yourself for the pleasure of others and their voyeuristic tendencies is actually a good thing. You know, it's so funny. I'm just thinking about the, the uh, our conversation is going to be received either as, you're saying this is okay. What's wrong with you? Yeah, we're, or, we're, whoa, prudes, look at these girls saying, yeah. like, don't be sexualizing yourselves. Like, put the shackles on. Like, you know, it, it, it's going to be received in two not close, but very far apart perspectives. And that's the thing that's crazy. Like, but that's because it's, this is hard and it's messy. It's, it's a difficult thing dealing with such things, with with sexuality, particularly in this space for women and their objectification. Well, I mean, it was, it was, I think watching the film, it was a big wake up, wake up call for myself and just the things that I experienced growing up. And I grew up in a pretty conservative Christian household, very sheltered. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't, I don't think I listened to secular music until I was in the eighth grade. Me too. And we weren't allowed to watch Nickelodeon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. The only exceptions were like, the Beatles and Jim Croce, and that's just because my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Beatles, and I think Boys to Men for some reason. Boys to Men. I, know, oh, I think man. my mom was like, one of them's a Christian. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so it makes yeah, it all yeah, good. Like, yeah, I um, thought at least I got that. But, but anyways, you were saying. Well, I just, I just think about you know myself growing up, and I remember, and not that I was ever a hypersexualized kid, but I remember certain things repeating those things and not knowing what we're mm. doing and like in this context of humor mm. or you know all of these all of these different things like you had Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and mm-hmm. you know if you ever go back and watch those you're like wow those were a lot I mean I remember I was at a bar the other day and they were playing early 2000s music oh. videos and ones that I remember watching like in the eighth grade and going Whoa. Oh, wow. These are very provocative. Um, Like, there's a lot going on here. And you're so desensitized to it. I think every day we're desensitized to it. But, like, we have children dancing on TikTok. Mm -hmm. We've got, you can just search a couple hashtags on Instagram and find that fodder. Mm -hmm. So, like, the argument that we're opening this window. It is there. That window's already wide open. It is there. And 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 this is highlighting like in a controlled right. way it's, it's shocking you to realize that it is already there and asking you to pull it back yes 
And so that's why I think for filmmakers, this is a really good conversation to have of like, how do we stop doing this? And it's hard because I think the people who have run Hollywood for so long are men mm -hmm. who think that consent is the only, uh, and that's progressive the of them. Bar. Like, oh, I'm consent. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Right. Very progressive right. of me. Yes. Yeah. Consent's the only bar for sexuality and that women should celebrate their sexuality. And this is the lie that we've bought into. And of course there's nothing wrong with women being confident sexually. That's not my mm -hmm. argument. I just think the way that we're doing it is actually not empowering the way that we've been mm. sold. It's a, it's a false narrative. And I think you're seeing that, especially when you're looking at studies of how women are handling casual sex and different, um, yeah, like, uh, let me, let me, reset oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, let me re-say that sentence yeah, and you can yeah. edit it in. <laughs> Um, I think you're really starting to see that when you look at the psychological effects that happen with women who are in casual sexual relationships or other sexual experiences. There's, there's negative context mm. to it, yet we're told everybody's having sex and they're having a lot of fun mm -hmm. doing it. But nobody's having as much sex as you think they are, and it's actually not helpful. And, and in some ways, I kind of feel... Wait, what's not helpful? Um, the this hypersexualization and this freedom and sexual liberation—it's actually not helping the way that we're, we're sold. Um, oh, it's, right, it's a fantasy. It's, actually, it's not real. Yeah, right. There's there's a lot of like. Um, oh, have you ever heard of the film Don John? Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. seen it. Okay, yeah. so that was one of those films that I contemplated whether to see mm -hmm. it or not. Um, just because I, I knew what it was about and I was like, do I want this uh -huh. in my brain? But I decided to watch it. I'd never watch it again, but I think there's so much in that film that does um, create a, a really good critique of this sexualization and this mm -hmm. porn, pornification of our Yeah, I, I think I agree because it, it is sort of shocking, like a little bit like, what you were saying and I don't need to see it again too I'm like oh yeah I remember seeing that film but it it actually does have a pretty positive message for the end it near the end well it had a lot of really important critiques on porn and the way it's rewiring men's brains it had critiques on women and the way that they use um sexuality to attract men and even rom-coms and other, other forms of this fantasization mm -hmm. to get them to a place where they're, you know, their expectations mm -hmm. are off. And I think it even had some pretty powerful things to say about um, the church and how it dealt with some of that sexuality. Oh, there I didn't even remember. I'll have to have you tell me after because I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I've been trying to tell myself I'm going to do an hour, but... Well, we're at 56 minutes now. Oh, we're almost yeah, there. But, okay. but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, th this is another film that is um, shocking in, in spaces. Not as shocking as, as Cuties, I'd say, but um, in, in a, a different, different way. way. Yeah, where it's quite graphic about some things. But it's, the message is, like, 
this isn't right how porn is done anymore. Like, and the, 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 I think the, the message was there was some stuff done tastefully in the past. Is that what the message was? I mean, there was there was part of that, but I do think that there was something. I think more of it was a critique on some of this addiction yeah, to porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, how he, the, and I, how the internet had changed, and, and the that relationships and weren't even really mattering to him with these women. It was, yeah, yeah. You just the, the the videos were more important than actual people. I think is what. Yeah, yeah. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, okay. So in the end, in the end. Like, I'm afraid that this is just going to blow over. That, like, the, the, this this won't be... Well, for some it will, but this... It's like, how dare Netflix have this film on, and that's what this thing is going to be, to people, at least in North America. That it's going to be like, oh, why did they... Why did Netflix choose to do this? And that's the, that's the message about cuties, rather than the message that was supposed to be a... This is shocking because it's actually happening, and that's the shock. Not that I made, you know, not that I made the film about it. Like, the film is to show you what's happening already. Well, I do think Netflix does deserve some criticism for yeah. the poster. Okay. I think it's just an example of, of the entertainment industry being a part mm-hmm. of the problem again. And, you know, I, I think they were right to take it down and to apologize. Do you think this would have gone differently um, had they not put that picture up and put maybe the, the French pro- promo? Um, yeah, probably. I think people wouldn't have been as out. They wouldn't have even noticed it. And there, someone would be like, "Oh, this is in French subtitles. No thanks." Yeah, I think I think people, I think some people would watch it. I think a lot of people would pass by and go, "Oh, what's going on?" And there might be some outrage. I don't think it would have been the amount of outrage that did Mm -hmm. happen. So, in some ways, is them doing that created a positive conversation? Yes, I've also think it's created a negative conversation. I think the best way to fight that negative conversation is to learn how to talk about mm-hmm. it better. Um, and I think that's what's really missing. Because I, I can agree with people, and I can really understand and empathize with people who really don't think that mm-hmm. should be made. And um, I, I probably disagree with them, um, but that I say that hesitantly. Mm. <laughs> Um, Because I definitely think that there is issues, but I don't think that the way that the conversation is going is actually helpful and it's not going to change anybody's minds. And it's making, it's actually creating uh, more of a negative feedback loop to stop that conversation from happening in a real positive way that could make any change. So what is the better way to go about it than with regards to change? Like, it sounded like you were pointing at like, oh, don't like, let's go to the source and what's the source these the hypersexualization of women, of age women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of things that we can do. I think first, before we freak out and just reshare a post that we don't really know anything about and watching scenes out of context, let's at least understand the context in a real way and not be so closed off and say, "I'm not even gonna watch it. I don't want to hear it. It's just a like, it's just arguing for porn, like mm-hmm. child porn. It's like." Let's let's not jump there already. Like let's listen a little bit more and be more intentional with mm. our words because the words that are being used on both sides are not bridging okay. real understanding. 
I think the second thing is um, before we start criticizing things that are actually uh, with you on the issue, can we reevaluate the things that we consume every day that might be leading to some of this hypersexualization of children and be more critical about what we're consuming? And I'm not even arguing necessarily that we don't watch it. Um, although I think some things you can make an argument that we probably shouldn't watch. And I do think the only way we can, I don't think we should legislate what people should and shouldn't watch. Right. I think you do have to come to an individual. Standard. They did that in England, right? I, with the, the beach body ad. They, they, they oh, legislated. They? Yeah. They, you're no longer allowed to advertise with certain, I don't know the details, but it was a thing last year. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I mean, there there already are those laws. Um, I mean, like with cigarettes, you can't do cigarette ads. Yeah, anymore. that's true. But there there are certain things that do exist, and there's, I think there's a place to maybe have that conversation. I just think we have to acknowledge that it it is a double edged sword, and uh, things can get out of control very quickly when we start uh, asking for censorship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think there is there are things that are bad for us to watch and I don't think everything should be watched. Mm. Um, and I think we need to come together and have a conversation about that. But I, I, I would want to focus more on maybe let's stop watching these things that, um, mindlessly promote dangerous, uh, dangerous situations for children like dance moms or, uh, whatever toddlers and tiaras and such things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why yeah. did it, yeah, why did it take so long for for, for this to come up and it took a French movie that people are mad about the poster. All right. And I, the last thing I'd say too is I think parents I think need to take a more active role in talking to their kids about mm. those things. I think that's really what it's talking mm-hmm. about. And um you know that scene in the movie where she's watching this really raunchy dance moves in a prayer service, Mm -hmm. your kids, your 11 year old has a phone. They have access to as much porn as they want. They're seeing much more graphic things than that. And I think it is a wake up call to say, Oh, Hey, this is having an effect. And if we're not paying attention and not talking to our kids about this stuff in a, like in a really, uh, influential way, they were going to start coming up with their, own ideas of what all of this uh-huh. is because that was the that was the big part of it too right you have all of these 11 year olds saying things about sex but they don't know what they're talking about because they're all just learning from right. each other it's like talk to your kids about sex yeah. G- give them give them more understanding of why maybe it's bad for them to consume those things and what it can do and and treat them like like they're part of the conversation because i think that was a big criticism too of like what are you doing just shutting Mm. it down where it's like, and I think that moment at the end with the mother, like really understanding kind of what was going on with this girl was really Mm -hmm. beautiful where it's not, she doesn't know what Mm -hmm. she's doing. She's repeating things. And I think seeing what's really going on and what kids actually have exposure to just gives us more of a, a chance to figure out how do we help kids navigate that better? Because right now they're navigating it blindly and they need guidance. And like we as adults should provide that guidance. And I don't see the internet changing. Like I don't see, even though we, li- like we literally just successful. discussed it. 
like, oh, this would be great if this and the hypersexualization of women and blah, blah, blah. But like, I, I don't see, I don't, as much as I like to be optimistic, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Advertisements, even if television and movies tried to alter things, like sex sells and you like these these ad agencies are like oh i'm not gonna stop you know um and so so it does seem to be the most change you can have an effect on is talking to your kids keeping an eye on them with regards to (laughs) technology and i i don't think it's gonna stop um but what i do think is that people in my position who are filmmakers, we can make a decision of whether we continue. Right. And we can make a decision what we put out into Mm -hmm. the world. So I think there is something to be said about artists taking on that call and trying to, trying to fix the problem in that way and creating content that is okay for kids to watch. Right. Oh, actually we never talked about, I don't even know what cuties is rated, but it is not for children to watch, I'm, I'm guessing. No, I think it was rated TV mature. Okay. So this is not, it was not marketed for children. It was marketed for an adult mm-hmm. audience. And it was not meant, whether you think it's porn or not, it was not meant to be porn. It was meant to be a, a social criticism. So we can take that at least into account in how we understand this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think sometimes, I think I do think there is an argument that sometimes people say, oh, it's art, so it's not porn. And it's like, no, 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 but that's just okay. porn. Okay, yeah. That does happen sometimes, yes. And that does happen sometimes. I would not go as far to say that this film is that, um, but it's definitely, it's definitely got some hard to swallow scenes mm-hmm. and things that I would not necessarily recommend everyone going watching and having those images in your brain. Right. I think that is good that you say you don't have to watch it and you're not even saying everyone should be watching it and that it's okay to feel offended by it. But I think it yeah. it's it's something that be careful about saying it shouldn't have been made. Yeah. I mean, I would say so. I, I mean, I don't think that it shouldn't have been made. Um, I I think, I think that would be a hard thing to say. Um, I mean, it's hard too. Cause like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of censorship cause I don't think it actually helps, mm-hmm. but I'm also on this, this spectrum where it's like, I wish porn didn't exist. I think it's really harmful. I think it's disgusting and um, really terrible for women and men too. <laughs> but like just women in the industry get treated so awfully. I wish it did not mm-hmm. exist. But me legislating that it doesn't exist doesn't make it mm-hmm. go away. It just Pushes it goes into the shadows. Hiding. Yeah. Right. And that's where it becomes trickier. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm more frustrated about the, um, the, the clipping and the taking things out of context with that mm-hmm. film than it being made. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that is making the problem worse. Right. So find context. I'm sure everyone will. 
from now on. Context is key. Um, yeah, and I know, I, I mean, I know uh, people are going to give us a lot of hate for these things, but I don't care. I'm, I don't I know. I really don't know. I, I have seen mix mixes. So I'm curious yeah. to see the comments. I, mean, I, did, I definitely think there are people in the middle who think the same things that we're saying and are having these discussions behind closed doors. But as far as going out and putting something public... I think much less people are willing to go out and say a statement like that than either one of the extremes. And it's the fact that we're both women discussing this. Um, uh, even that context is different from a man, a man talking to a woman or two men talking about, oh yeah, this was so good. It opens the eyes and like it was difficult to watch. like right. I believe I, I I would believe um if, if a man says like, yeah it was very difficult to watch because I know a lot of men who would be like protective of their daughters and so who would be like right. that you know but it's uh, being a woman watching this I felt like it, I think I would feel a degree of being safe to watch it as opposed to yes that's how I felt and that's that's why I watched it it's like I there's nothing appealing to me about watching little mm-hmm. girls dance mm-hmm. inappropriately. Like I'm, there's nothing that I want to see yeah. about that. Um, and so I do think for men, I think men are just wired differently. I think they are much more um, image driven than women. Um, and so I could see it being much harder for a man to watch that than a woman. And they may even be only feeling protective impulses to give the right. best reading of it, but that but to discuss it the way we're discussing it, I think that that could be difficult. Yeah, I think it is an advantage that yes. we're women, and we can say some of the difficult things that um, maybe a man <laughs> can't yeah. say. And and I think that the fact that it is a woman who made this film, that kind of changed it a little bit even for me when I found that out, as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. Context matters. I mean, yeah, it's it does, and it's very complicated. I don't think that all of the the disgust and outrage is wrong, but I also think that that's what it's supposed right. to do. It's supposed to outrage. It's supposed to disgust you, and it did a brilliant job. Did the, <laughs> so, it did the job it set out to do? Yes. But I, I think when I watch the film as a whole, and I especially the 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 beginning, I. I remember just crying and just feeling and really understanding and and even though I didn't experience those things, but empathizing mm-hmm. with that and thinking, oh wow, and seeing how some of these things are all connected in this mess of what is hypersexualization of children. Well, I I even even though I'm we're wrapping, I'm like we should wrap up, and then I'm like I'm gonna bring up yeah. a story about like I <laughs> I remember. I don't even know what ages, maybe junior high, high school, probably mixed between, like, we'll say, yeah, mid, mid junior high and up, always for choosing my clothes, like, will, will I look pretty in this to the boys? I remember my dad was very protective of us. And so, like, we would always have to get our clothes checked by him before we could wear them. Really? I remember... Being, yes, yeah, so he was very, they were, I'm telling you, it was very sheltered. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I don't, I don't hold it against them because I think they were just doing the best that they could. But I remember being in tears, like in high school crying because my dad wouldn't let me keep a skirt that I mm. wanted. And it was just like, I, I didn't see it in the way that they saw it. And I think some of the, like, we had, we couldn't wear, we could only wear shorts that went to mm. our knees. So, <laughs> like, and we, we couldn't wear spaghetti straps. So some of the things were extreme, but like, in some ways I'm sort of grateful that and sometimes I look at like stuff that I wore when I was 18 and I'm like, Oh my gosh, those shorts are way well, too short. I should not have been You know, I wish those. I would have brought this up while I'm saying it now. Like in the censorship time when we're back when we, you mentioned about that, because I, about it going into the shadows, because I actually remember I was visiting my aunt in Dallas back when I was like 15 and she took us to Ross and she was like, Oh, you girls need new bathing suits. I'll buy you some bathing suits. And I, found a two-piece that was like boy shorts you know those like little kind of boy cut shorts but for like girls and then a Uh top that it wasn't triangle it was just like a cross and straps and then she told Uh my mom that night about it and my mom was like oh um no that doesn't sound appropriate and so then she had to return it and then I went and found some like way more scandalous bikini somewhere in some store at the mall and just hid it and wore it to camp. Yeah. Like it was just hidden. And that is exactly like, like I literally hid it in the shadows. <laughs> like I, I was like, oh, okay, well I oh, had yeah. something that was definitely more modest, but you made, you made me take that back. And so I found something. It wasn't that I wanted to find something that was, less modest I just couldn't find that I just couldn't find the thing that I liked and so this was all that was there and so I'm like hey well I want a two-piece so so that is but that that's like a like that's kind of like a very mild version of like okay we'll cover yourself up completely for your religious beliefs in your in that culture but then she goes out and like unzips the hoodie and has the little like crop top underneath you know it's right and I'm, I'm not knocking modesty. I think there's a, like a need for it. And I value that. And I, even though I do think like some of the things that my parents did were maybe extreme. You can't suppress it though. Um, like, that's the thing. You can't like, like, like right. you can't, you, you can't control everything your kids do. Like, the, like that's the thing that I'm thinking of. You can do your best and try to teach them teach them why and and they accept it or right. they don't and I think just leveling with kids and giving them and I think that's why for me I never really rebelled against a lot of it like there were some times where I'm like you're being ridiculous I you know the skirt is almost to my knees why mm. can't I have it but I think they were always explaining why why they did right. these things and and why and so I think because they leveled with me and treated me like I could handle the reasons it helps me navigate it a lot better. And I think that's not always happening right. with children. Totally. I think that, yeah, treating them like they, they get to have a, a reason why as opposed to just because. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, kids are much smarter than we mm. give them credit for and they can understand a lot. And I think if you just level with them and you don't have to treat them like an adult, but you level with them and give them more than just because I said so, and it's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. They can they can understand that and they can they can feel like they're not just being told to do something because 
you know, you're trying to not make life fun. Yeah, fun. yeah, totally. Cool. You know? I remember feeling like that. So. Uh, anyways. Okay, well, I think, okay, this was uh, got a little bit of personal anecdotes at the end, so making it more personal. So. I hope this was fine. I feel like I got caught in the weeds. No, 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 it was good. No, I, yeah, so I, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show to discuss a controversial yeah. thing that I, I get why it's controversial, but I don't at the same time. Um, maybe people can write me. I'm sure they will, but I, yeah, it, it's something that I think a light was uh, shined on a, a space that's really needing light on it. So this was, yeah. I'm really pleased that we got this out as quickly as we did. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. I'm, I'm glad to yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, I Cassie. I appreciate your yeah. professional opinion. Oh, thank 